Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back to the Drivers Meeting Podcast, presented by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The MLB playoffs are coming up, so make sure to get your bets in and head over to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus for football, basketball, boxing, and MLB playoffs right in your favorite Vegas casino games. You don't want to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Make sure to get in them now. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So we had a lot of crazy stuff happen this weekend, and I'm sure a lot more crazy stuff is going to happen uh, next weekend at the Charlotte Roval is what we're looking forward to. So I'm RJ Starsvik. We're here with Tommy Joe Martins, and we're also here with AJ Allmendinger. You'll be running both races this weekend. So how are you looking forward to that? First of all, I would bet on the Giants this weekend or this week for baseball, <laughs> not that Tampa Bay hat. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking I'm pumped to uh, to run both days. Uh, the Roval to me is, is one of my favorite racetracks just because it, it, it does take me back to my champ car days and uh, feel like a little street course inside that racetrack. And then you get on the oval. So uh, it'll be fun. Definitely. I, I wish we had had a better Talladega so we could just kind of go with the mindset on Saturday to go try to win the race. But uh, we got a points cushion still, so we got to be a little bit smart, at least through the first couple of stages and see how it goes. Yeah, there's a lot of factors. So that, so that is something, though, and I want to know this, RJ, because AJ, I've never been in your position here. That is something that's clearly going through your head going into an elimination race. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I made the cup playoffs in 2014, but, you know, we were at that, we are it was a bonus just to be there, have having one at Watkins Glen, it, it was one of those things like, Oh, if we just get through the first round, that'd be pretty cool. And, but it's, it's different now because I feel like at college racing, we have the mindset that we can win this Xfinity championship. We at least can get to Phoenix. And then at that point, as we've seen, anything can happen, but we got to give our, give ourselves that chance. We had a good points gap after Vegas and basically the, the worst case scenario in my mind happened at Talladega being the first car being out. So you know, the, the points gap is, is plus 33. It's still a, a decent size gap, but uh, you can't go in with the mindset of like, oh, we're just there to win the race. We, we have to be smart. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely on my mind and we'll have to play the first stage at least of, of, of points racing and then going from there. Well, I think we're going to start like 14th. So that's uh, that's not fantastic. And but we'll just have to be smart about it. Yeah, and uh, I know anything can happen at the Charlotte Roval. That's kind of what we're going to talk about today because that is the upcoming race, the cutoff race. Tommy Joe, as you as you noted before, AJ, uh, Tommy Joe's kind of getting, I guess, a taste of what we might see on Saturday, a little rain action. So last year, you were the winner. You're the defending winner of the Charlotte Roval race. And I know it was crazy for everyone. There's people that were in tire barriers. There's people that were spinning multiple times. Um, I'm sure you got a great taste of that, even the fact that you won the race. So you look back to last year and you looked this year, you now with the threat of rain, did you learn it? Yeah. Like, can you look back and kind of learn things from what you guys did last year to, and take it to Saturday? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, a little bit. The, the way the racetrack puddles up, uh, especially if it, it's a monsoon like it was last year, uh, I don't okay. know if they'll actually let us race this year. I mean, that was the extreme of all extremes. So, but yeah, I mean, I can I can kind of take, okay, this is how the racetrack looked and, and felt, and, you know, it's still going to puddle, puddle up in the same areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, I got, I think all of us, I mean, it, at some point the, the field had kind of flipped back and forth and I got kind of all experiences of at the back, at the front, uh, going back to the back. I mean, it was, it was, uh, there was times it wasn't fun at all, honestly. And it's, uh, like, you just can't see, like these cars put up so much spray, like you, you can't see. And, uh, that's, it was, it was a challenge. So I hope it's dry, but if not, I do have confidence. I have always said, I don't really enjoy racing in the rain, but I have confidence either way that if it's dry or wet, we can be really good. Yeah, so it's funny to hear this, AJ, because this is something RJ and I talked about having you on the pod in kind of the one-year celebration of what I think was the dumbest race that's ever been run in, in the history of NASCAR. And I could say I was in a barrier and got dragged out and literally had an engine that had no water in it and finished the entire race. Uh, I think we finished like 25th. So the fact that I had an engine that got the entire water, every all the water knocked completely out of it in the first, what, 30 laps and still finished a race, like that's stupid in and of itself. But coming from the man that literally won the race and you're going, yeah, I don't even know how we ran that thing. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, I think we tried to back it up with Coda this year as well. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it was one of those things that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there was times I was like, what are we doing out here? Like, this is, this is not smart. Um, especially as it got dark. I mean, the, the jumbotron, like, I mean, it was blinding through the, uh, the Blair. inner intercept. I mean, it was un, like, there was times I was like turning in, like, I hope this is the racetrack. I don't even know what I'm on anymore. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's a tough, it's a tough scenario for NASCAR because like in that situation, like you're trying to put on a show and you know, I think we, I think honestly, I think we got to a point where we'd run so many laps and we were so close to the end. It was like, okay, we're just letting this play out. And on top of it, it being a playoff race and a cutoff race, like you do have to take that in consideration. You don't want to just like halfway through the race, just shut it down when people have played out certain strategies of being the whole race and all of a sudden shut it off and maybe somebody loses a playoff spot because of that. So it's a challenge. Um, it's, as I said, at times it wasn't a lot of fun, but, but I mean, it, it's it, at the, at the end of it, it's the same conditions for all of us. So you just got to fight through it. Yeah. And, and you obviously did that better than anybody else. I remember being on pit road because there was a red flag. And when we went back to the cars, they're like, no, we're going. It was like, well, what's changed? About <laughs> I agree. I don't know what changed in the last half an hour or whatever. It didn't seem like it really got any better. And at that point, I think everybody looked around and was just like, we're just going to get through this, I guess, one way or the other. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. We were like rolling out, going back. And I'm like, it's wetter than when we stopped. And they're like, all right, you're the green. So, uh, yeah, it was, and that's at, at that point, I kind of realized I was like, they're not calling it. Like, I don't, you know, I think some of us thought, okay, maybe they're just trying to get to the end of the second stage just to call it. I was like, no, we're in for the, uh, we're, we're in for the long haul there. So I, I don't think, well, and I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice with NASCAR decision making. Like, I don't know if 
they'll go that extreme this year, but yeah. they may like, you never know. Oh, they got some flack with the Coda thing, like you brought up, but, but going back to last year, it's like, where does we get to a level? Because you're awesome. There's so many awesome drivers in this series. You can kind of limp it around there. Even my car with it being completely torn up, get pulled out of a tire barrier. I can at least limp it around there, even not knowing where I'm going and no spotter and can't see. I can at least go around and make laps. But at what point is the track conditions? Does that have to play a factor? Because I know there was literally a stream going out of turn one where that was just a river. That was just a hydroplane deal every time coming out of the infield. It was the same thing going into the S's or yeah. not into the S's, but into the chicane on the backstretch with the lights and the glare, just no reference point really at all. And I, I don't know, is it up to us as drivers? Like we're trying to tell the spotters what's going on. My spotter communication was gone. I think it was the same for a lot of people where they had just gotten rained on up there in the stands. Like at what point is it like, okay, we're all stupid. We're all out here yeah. now. You're probably leading the race. You're like, well, I don't care if they call it now or not, but there, there's gotta be some independent party that just goes, all right, this is not safe at all. Like when Brandon Brown runs off the track by four feet and it looks like a monsoon got thrown up. <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm with you like, I, like, yeah I'm, uh, that, that was uh if you go back and uh i hope you know i'm sure they do they have my my radio communications about what i thought of the decision making that was happening yeah. i thought for sure this was probably gonna be my last race at that point because it was <laughs> i was not happy and it was yeah That's a, and spend like, all 40 of us That's the problem. yeah chris, chris rice was like dude if you're not you know I laugh because he would be like, well, if you don't feel safe out there, like just pull it in. And then that would just piss me off more. And right. I'm like, oh, pull it in. Okay. Watch this. Like, uh, you know, so nobody like, else is pulling in. Yeah. So it <laughs> it's, I don't know. All I guess as drivers, you just, you, you give your, your, your two cents and they're going to do what they want to do. And like I said, it was like, it, the problem was, is when it, I don't mind it when it's raining, but like when it, you start hydroplaning and there's nothing we can do except hold the wheel straight and just go, God, I hope I get through it this lap. And uh, those last couple of laps at the end of the race were gnarly because it was just like you were just floating on most of the racetrack. So, but it is what it is. It's the same for all of us. And whether we, you know, we can complain and moan and cry about it and do whatever, it doesn't matter. Like it's the same for all of us. And, you know, we're going to race until they tell us to stop. Yeah, so as a small team owner and driver here, one of the things that I joked about and I wrote about at times when we owned a truck series team, AJ, was like anytime we went to a truck race on dirt, it was like, well, congratulations, you just completely destroyed your truck. Like yeah. Before you even showed up, you just need to go ahead and write the whole body off, the suspension, just go ahead and plan on completely repairing your truck. And now being in the Xfinity series and doing this again, I've started to take the same approach with rain. Yeah. As soon as it rains, I know we're going to race, but I might as well just get my head around the fact that I'm just riding off basically the entire car. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they pulled it apart and you're just like, oh, and we had a brand, you know, I, I want, I'm in the fortunate situation, like, right. Like college racing where I get a brand new car for that race. And it was like, oh God, this thing is destroyed. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it, I, I like that, you know, dirt and rain is about the same thing. 
you just know what you're getting into on the front end. There's no reason for me. Like I was actually taking the approach, AJ, and this is what's even funnier about this is I looked around at the conditions at the beginning of the race and went, well, a bunch of guys are going to wad their shit up right here. Like no doubt. And then I was one of the ones that did. And I felt like I was going slower than everybody else around me and still did it. Did it over there in that big pileup where they had about five cars piled into the tire barrier. I think I was the first, I was either the first or second one in over there. And I felt like I saw the car go off in front of me and went, whoa, okay, I better slow down. And then it's just too late. You're just gone at that point. But yeah, it's like, I was going into it with the approach of, okay, if I just keep all the fenders on this, I'm going to finish like 12th. At worst, I could suck all day and I could probably still wind up there. And you look at how that race, the finishing order there, it does almost look like a Talladega race where you're like, wait, how did they finish where? That was my approach. And then at the same time, I still got torn up anyway. So I think the approach now moving forward for Martin's Motorsports is if I see rain, it's like, well, this is already done anyway. Who cares? We might as well just send it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem though. Like with the hydroplaning and stuff, like I did a 360 in turn one, like, like I thought I, as I'm spinning, it was in front of the whole field. I'm like, Oh, this is tore up. And I just throttled up and never lifted and straightened it back out. And I was like, Oh, yeah, all right. Like I lost like two spots. I was like, sweet. Alex but, LeBay. Alex yeah. LeBay spun out going into the infield. 360 hit the wall, bounced off, just kept going. I was like, okay, so the guys going faster actually damaged their car less. Yeah, so, yeah. You I, just, like I learned from that. You, you know, just kind of not nose it in. Right, that's it. One of the surprising things from running that race, and obviously my car was damaged, and I think this started a lot of NASCAR thinking, AJ, was just how much grip our cars had up on the oval and how fast we were able to go and how racy they were with those rain tires up on the oval. I'm guessing it surprised you too. Yeah, you know, and the tires in general kind of surprised me. Like, you, you think these big, heavy cars are not going to – they're not going to have a lot of grip in them. Like at Road America uh, last year when it was raining, like it, that was a, a lighter rain. And, and I mean, the tires got a decent amount of grip in it. So, but yeah, the oval for sure. I mean, you, I mean, I was wide open. The seams now, not a lot of gr- grip on the seams. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pick a lane. Like you got to be in the first, second or third lane. If you try to cross lanes, that, uh, that got my heartbeat going a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's – but, yeah, it, it definitely – you know, the banking – and that's the thing, though. Like, everybody fears the, the banking when it's raining like that. That's – the water's running down. There's no puddles on yeah. the banking. Like, it's all running down. So, as long as you don't hit the paint down on the bottom of the banking, it's really not bad. So, you know, that, that does have a decent amount of grip in it. And, you know, a rain tire is soft. That's what it's supposed to do. So, yeah, it's, it's not bad for sure. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it was it after the Xfinity race where they were like, okay, now we're going to add temporary lighting to the infield for the Cup race? Is that what they did, right? Yes. Yeah. And well, actually, the IMSA race because I actually like that was the crazy thing last year was working for NBC. I actually was in more danger because I had to leave the racetrack right after the race, trying to do a suit and tie in the car, going down to the the studios, which is in Uptown Charlotte, and it was it was raining harder then. So I'm in there one-handed trying to do a tie, like hanging on in the car going like, so, and then I got there and they go, yeah, yeah. For the IMSA race, they've, uh, they've made sure that the jumbotron's not as bright. I'm like, Oh, great guys. Yeah, really cool. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was great. Cool. And it was, you know, the next race, the next day, one of the big things there was like, well, is it going to rain? Is it not? We're not sure. And then it kind of went into this intermediate situation kind of in that first stage. Remember? Cause I think Timmy Hill, 
drove up to like third or something in Carl Long's car because he put on slicks when everybody else stayed out there on wet. So I think there is definitely this level of when they're calling the track drying or damp or whatever it is, there's a level of strategy that's going to go into this. And it feels like Charlotte tire wear is always something that we, we talk about going into it. The tire wear is going to be so quick. The grip from where you start off a run to the end of a run is so big. Even if that's just a little bit of a factor there, I mean, strategy is going to come into this in a big way. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's when, I mean, to take out the monsoon that we had during our race, like that's when it's actually the most challenging. It's like either be dry or rain. And that, and that's because you get in that intermediate phase. Like it's, you can kind of get to the point of like, okay, who, who's, who's ballsier, like who's going to get after it? Who's going to take that chance. Uh, and then a little bit too, is if it, if going into the race, you're not sure if it's going to rain or not, you know, you're going to have teams that maybe in the dry don't feel like they have a, as much of a chance to win. And they're like, well, screw it. We're going to go full rain setup and hope it rains. And cause I think the last year, uh, Ty Dillon did that. Like they kind of went on a, on a half setup and then went to dries and he went out and he drove away in the wet to begin with. And then they put the dries on at the end of the first stage and then drove away. So that's when it gets the, that's when it's the hardest for all of us. Cause it's like, okay, either just rain or, or dry. Don't, don't give me that intermediate, like where we have to choose. Yeah. And that's a tough decision for all the crew chiefs to make. I know Tommy J you mentioned, I almost forgot about that. Timmy Hill just went and drove his way all the way up to the front just because of different tire strategy. I mean, he kind of had the same thing at Coda. I think it was the Coda cup race started out like that, right? They kind of had varying strategies, whether to choose uh, slicks or wets. I remember, I think it was Austin Sindrick that stayed out like the first, what, 10 laps on slicks. And like, everyone was like, well, and all that, right, he's coming and in to pick this time. Yeah. That was the crazy thing. Cause I was second and I was going to pit. And then I was like, no, I think I can run another lap. Well, the, the difference Dakota it was like a freaking ice rink anyways so it was like I came in running second behind Austin and I thought okay like I'll, I'll get him no problem well I got on reins and I'm like this is just as slick like yeah. trying to get the, the rain tires up the temp you're cold as hell like it so he he was running on slicks doing a great job and I realized the reins weren't any faster so yeah by the time he pitted he had like 12 seconds on me because I hadn't gained any time and I'd spent like three laps trying to get the rain tires up the temp. So, yeah, I mean, there when, when it's like that, it is definitely strategy. So I, I hope that it's dry, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. So it's interesting to hear you say you hope it's dry. Look, you know you're going to be one of the favorites, whether it's raining or it's dry or whatever it is, right? So I guess this brings me to a bigger question. Should NASCAR race in the rain? Yeah, I mean, I, I do th- – I do on road courses. I believe they should. Now I don't know how to fix the spray. Like I really don't. Yeah. I know they tried. Like that's, that's the follow up, right? Yeah, it's like, how I don't do we make and, it better. And that and that's the problem. But we we can't sit there at a road course and watch it rain all day and never get on it. Now there now there's a fine line. Like if it's flooding, in Formula One's the same way, right? They you saw it at Spa. They couldn't run at Spa. Like Indy cars. I've been on it. I've been at Montreal and Champ Car and. It's just raining too hard. Like at some point there's a limitation of what any of these cars can race when it's raining. But I do believe we, we should race in the wet. I just don't know what to do about the spray, but it's like that for any, it's 
like it, it's probably worse than a stock car because there's a windshield and you're getting, but I was in an IMSA car at the Rolex 24 in 2019. It was monsooning. Same thing. Three cars in, you couldn't see anything. I was in a, you know, in Indy cars when it starts raining, you know, four cars back, you're like, well, I have no idea where I'm going. So, I mean, it's, it's frustrating no matter what, but I do believe we should race in the rain. I just, I don't know how to get the spray less. That's not for me to, uh, to figure out, but you know, I, I do think there's a limitation, but we, we should race in the rain. Now this whole, this whole thing on the small ovals. No, I don't know what, <laughs> like what they're now, like, no, I don't know what we're doing on this. Okay. Like I do like, what's the limitation there? Like, Oh, if it's almost drying, we'll put you out there. Like we're, we don't, I, I get it. Martinsville, you're only running 90 mile per hour anyway, but like, we don't. We Loudon? Don't. I'm like, Oof, yeah. really? You'll be barreling in here at Loudon? And the funny thing is they're trying to fix a time delay that at racetracks that it takes 40 minutes to dry. Right. Like you'd be trying to work on Talladega. Like right. <laughs> you get a minor, you get a minor rain shower around the whole racetrack. You're like, well, that's two and a half hours. Yeah. We're out of snacks now in the truck. That's screwed. Yeah, Pocono, same way. Yeah. 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 So I guess there's just a way to rate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't mean Tommy Joe talked about that before. Like they were trying to do rain tires at Loudon. Like that just, yeah. you know, it's loud and scary enough, I guess, if you go into that corner sliding uh, with the rain yeah. tires, it doesn't, doesn't seem like the brightest idea to me. I mean, I don't know about you, Tommy Joe, but I've wheel hopped at Martinsville. It hits oh, big yeah. to do that. Like, so I don't need it's to good. be doing that. I don't need to be doing that in the wet because it's, you know, I know we're, <laughs> so with somebody, I, with somebody pinching you down going into the corner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't know. Well. I'm not a big fan of that, but on road courses. Yeah. Is there another yeah, so let's talk about this, AJ. This I think – so, AJ, one of the biggest moments of, of my season and a cool moment for you, I guess, even though you've had a lot of them, was us racing at Richmond. We got to race for the stage win at Richmond, and obviously I got on the worst end of this. I, before we even ask a question, how surprised were you that the 44 car was the one that you were racing for the stage win at Richmond? Well, you know, I mean, like, in, in all honesty, uh, it's – I'm pretty good about always knowing what's going on during, during the race. I think sometimes Chris Rice doesn't realize how much I, I see and, and I'm like calculating my head. So I didn't, I knew during the, the competition yellow, I figured a few of you guys would go take tires because, sure. you know, I, I respect so much of, of what you guys do and, and the Jeremy Clements and Seags and, and Brandon Brown, you know, like I couldn't imagine doing what you guys do where you're, you're, you know, you have a couple of cars, you're building them themselves, you're getting them to the racetrack and then you're driving them. So like, I know at that point, especially at a place like Richmond, like that's a chance for you guys to get some points, get it, you know, or maybe get a stage win, you know, or more importantly, get a sponsor on TV that maybe you wouldn't. And so it was like, I'd gotten out there in a big lead and thank God your car was bright as hell that day. What was on your car that day? I don't was, even know. Yeah, it was Alpha Prime, so that's our yeah. team for next year. But, yeah, they yeah. – right below. So, so, I come off the corner onto uh, – off of two, and I looked at my – or I was going into three, and I looked at my mirror, and your bright-ass car came off of two, and I just said, is the 44 on tires? And they said, yep. And I looked looked up and saw that you were second. I was like, okay, all right, we'll see here. And, I, you know, it just – I thought maybe the tires would even out enough. Yeah, and you got to me, and and I'm like, all right, and it was a fun race, and it was like I could. The good thing was I could stay close enough that I kept driving into one, 
and making you look in your mirror and just stay wide enough where I could at least like I could I, I knew if I gave you two corners to get away, that was it. So I kept yeah. driving it in there, just trying to get you up a little bit. And we yeah. came off two, and I was like, all right, well, he's probably got this. And then you got David Starr. So that was yeah. uh, that not was ideal. It. And the yeah. thing is, honestly, driving the car, I was like, all right, he's able to kind of stay with me on entry. He's probably driving in a little further, but I just know if I get a clean exit, it's just, he's not going to be able to do anything down there on the bottom. It's not going to matter, right? Like, if I'm going to give you anything, I'm going to give you the bottom. Like, it's yeah. you're not going to be able to get anything off the corner. And I noticed watching it, AJ, and this is something I want to ask you here about this. When I watched that video, which hurt to watch, by the way, <laughs> but when I watch it, it's like I noticed you weren't running up there on the wall. I had a big, wide arc into one. I was trying to roll a lot of speed through the center of the corner. But I noticed you guys were kind of shortcutting that. You were about to lay off the wall. And that, I found out later, was probably a tire wear thing, right? Well, I was running off. I mean, it's just in my cup races. I, I've at times figured out running off of four I can, you know, hold it tight and I'm just trying to do everything I can to not burn the right rear up. Right. So that's kind of what I was doing. And, and, you know, I was just driving it in deep enough to try to get you to look and, and yeah, we came off of two and, and we had all kinds of lap traffic. And I thought, all right, I, I just kind of like rolled, rolled up high and I saw, you know, you get whatever happened you got pinned there like you just yeah it wasn't, it wasn't I know, it was, yeah it was interesting it's not and I just, somebody's outside bumper and they still just keep working keep higher so as i saw higher. that start to develop i just drove into the middle of the racetrack and thought all right i'm gonna see if i can just like throttle up and burn this right rear all the way down the front straightaway <laughs> honestly it i thought you were still, i thought you were gonna get it anyway i was shocked how much like forward drive i was able to get off the corner yeah and beat you the line yeah. So, no, like, I needed, I needed the bonus points. Yeah. But I, felt, I did feel a little bad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. damn it. Look, I was racing. like, yeah. No, it's really cool. And the thing is, I did a terrible job getting into my pit stall and then screwed you up getting out of yours, going yeah. into the next deal. I probably hurt your truck. That didn't help. Yeah, that didn't help. <laughs> so, that was the penalty. That's immediately, you could say, I got you back. Immediately. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I think Chris Rice wasn't very happy with it. That's fine. Whatever. We talked. We're fine. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the yeah, sponsor board. That, you got your payback immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that went very, I mean, watching that at home, I was like, oh, he's, I was like, he might have this. He might have this. And I usually make like, I usually make like a, like a post, like a graphic thing to put out there on social media, like before, kind of before the stage, if I get an idea who's going to win, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make it with Tommy Joe yet because I know as soon as I do, he's not going to win the stage. So I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden, there comes the car, and I figured, ah, man, I was just, I hated watching that. And I was like, damn, I, I. But what we're really talking about here, RJ, and this is something that I, I got to give credit to AJ and, and you guys that are running up front all the time. Like, that's a situation I'm not in a whole lot. And you are going to get raced very differently by those cars. Once you get inside that, like, five to go on the stage, stage 10 to go kind of window those guys are going to race you really hard because even if you get them there's the idea that like well maybe you won't get the next guy and i'll be the lucky dog and i'll get my lap back and i've been that guy a lot in my career where it's like i'm just trying to beat the other people around me and stay on the lead lap and so obviously being the leader there and i'm looking out the window at these same guys that i'm racing every week and i'm like you son of a are you <laughs> like, this is a one time, like, give me this one thing. But at the same time, I also understand when you're in that situation, you don't really care. 
Yeah. You've done that no. in the cup car. I know when you drove it for smaller teams. Yeah. Oh, it's it's bad. Being the being the the, the lucky dog that it's it's horrible. Like it like it I had a back in uh I think it was twenty whenever Matt Kenseth, I think it was twenty seventeen, maybe when he came back to run for Roush the last few races when when he had retired and then came back. So we were at Kansas and he was in the way. Like I love I love so like we're battling leaders are coming and he's and I like like he's in the way I finally sent him and like moved him out of the way flipped him off all the way down the back straight away so and I always I love Matt like work working with him talking to him so next weekend we were at Michigan he's like hey man I was like hey what's up Matt he's like uh he's like man tough racing back there I said yeah he goes did you flip me off last week I said yeah you're in the freaking way I'm like we got we have to go it's the leaders coming I'm like it's miserable like it, like you know, it's <laughs> now the the Xfinity series is a little bit different because like it, it, nobody races easy. Like everybody will race you like a dog, but like in Cup, that's what I always said. Like you get to the end of the race, sure, but I'm like, you know, you run somebody down like for fifth, they just point you by. Like all right, go ahead. And you're like, oh, thank you. You know, so like they, they expect you. They expect the same. Like and it's like, like you know, racing for for the lucky dog and and being that first car lap down. Like it, it is just a battle. That's why I every laugh when fans are like. Oh, the racing's boring. I'm like, show the fight, like, with 10 to go for who's going to be the lucky dog at the end of the stage. Like, that's a big difference. Right. Or the restart with five to go when there's yeah. four cars, one lap down. Like, get ready. Oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah. Before the stage. Like, it's yeah. it's going to get sorted out back there one way or the other, which is why so often we wind up with another caution. Because oh, yeah. you put people in that position where it's like, well, this is your whole race right now. This is the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, we see that a lot yeah. in the Xfinity series. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you, AJ. Like you've done, you've raced so many places, you've done so many things, cup racing, any car racing, all the above. Now that you've been in the Xfinity series, that's obviously me and Tommy Joe, we base a show around the Xfinity series. Like, what have you noticed from front to back of the Xfinity series? How hard these guys raced? I thought it was a great thing that Dale Jr. ran that race at Richmond because he was talking about how hard it was back there for 20th. I mean, it was crazy. But what have you noticed about, you know, the drivers that have came to the Xfinity series that have done other things, you know, like run sports cars and now they're in the Xfinity series, guys that just come to road courses, but just the overall dynamic of the series being at the, you know, at the top where you are right now, what have you noticed front to bottom? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I love driving these cars. Like they're fun to drive. I, I, I've made it well known. I'm not a big fan of the, the cup aero package on anything above a mile racetrack. Like I don't like it. It's not, it's not something I want to drive like it, you know, that, that wide open racing and yeah, the restarts are awesome and stuff, but like, you know, you run around Atlanta almost wide open the whole time. Like that, that's not cool. Like I, I don't, I don't, and other, it may be other people like it, but I I've never been a fan of it. These Xfinity cars, like, Holy hell, like you have to drive the living hell out of them and you're hanging on, you're sliding around, whether it's a short track or, or Michigan, like it, it's, it's fun racing. And you know, I mean, and, and Tommy Joe can, can talk to that, right? Like, it, we're all in groups racing. And it's like that in, in the Cup Series as well, kind of. But, uh, you know, you got, I think there's 12 to 14 really strong cars in Xfinity. Yeah. And then you have your next group, right, like that you're racing with, and then the next group. So you're always racing hard. And that's the thing. There's no give and take, really. Like, you're always racing hard because the races are shorter, uh, I mean, hell, at Talladega this weekend, I'm like, can we just get in a group and ride around for a little bit? And it's like, nobody wants to. 
and like, and that's why you see what happens happens. So um, I enjoy it because the cars are fun to drive. I mean, there's no give and take. You're, you're always on the ragged edge, no matter what group you're racing in. And it's a lot of fun. Like, and, and it, you know, I think it's, it's a good mix of the racetracks that we go to and, and just the package itself is a, is a good time. You've driven for Penske at the top level. You've driven for JTG at the top level. You've made the playoffs as a wild card underdog where you said, you know what, just making the playoffs, we basically had to win at one of two racetracks and we did it and that was awesome. And it was awesome. But you're in the Xfinity playoffs right now. You're the championship favorite. It's like you and Austin Cindric. That is everybody's pick. What does that feel like? Well, I mean, I, I honestly don't – I don't really go out there and, and worry about, like, who's the favorite. To me, Austin Cindric's always going to be the favorite until somebody beats him. He's the yeah. champ. Um, I love what we've been able to do this year. It, it's – I didn't know what to expect coming full-time in the Xfinity Series. I mean, I had done a couple of, you know, six races with Colleague in 19 and 11 in, in 2020. Uh but, you know, with that said, colleague, I mean, it's still a fairly young team. I mean, it's now finally they, we've won on all types of racetracks. But, I mean, when I got there, they had zero wins. And Ross went and won Daytona, and then I won the Roval. And uh, then Justin got on a hot streak on, on the super speedways, and I was able to win Atlanta. And this year has been fantastic at, at the racetracks that we won at. Um, but I, I still know there's work to do on our end. And, and still work for me, for sure, as a driver to figure out how to drive these cars at certain racetracks. So, you know, I think it's just trying to take it, you know, as cliche and, and all that. It's just like I'm trying to take it one race at a time. Uh, you know, these playoffs are now new to me because I I've, I've, haven't had to really experience that besides the one cup playoffs that I was just happy to be there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's like Vegas was an okay race. Like I got out of the race. We'd won the first stage. Then we got in, in a bad restart and got in dirty air and, and never really recovered, finished seventh. And I was like kind of mad about that. But at that point, I was like, all right, like you, I guess it's like if you're mad at finishing seventh, that's all right. And then with what happened this weekend, now you got to kind of go into as much as I want to win the Roval because we won the last two years. It's like you got to go into a little bit of like, no, this is championship mode. The ultimate goal is to get to Phoenix and then anything happens there. But so, yeah, it's been interesting but i've really enjoyed it i love driving for matt and chris and, and all the men and women there it's it makes it a lot of fun every weekend yeah and it's almost like two different races this weekend right like xfinity series you got to maintain a points gap you got to you know keep an eye on that be careful cautious cup series your trophy hunt right yeah for sure and it's a little bit of uh i, I just talked about this actually on on series radio like it, it's almost a culmination the cup side of it of like just how great it's been this year. I mean, we've had at Daytona, I finished, I think seventh and then Coda, we finished fifth or fourth or something like that. Road America, we actually had a really good car and got some damage and then to win Indy. So like, it's, it's uh, a bit of a culmination of like enjoying the cup side of it, going to the Roval, you know, same thing. I know there's a a lot on the line for, for those guys out there. I do not want to be part of that storyline don't get me wrong. If I got a chance to win, I'm going to go stuff the car in there and go try to do it. But yeah, I, I, I'm just hoping Saturday goes really well so I can go to Sunday with a good attitude. That's all I'm hoping. Like, I don't like, like that was the funny thing at Indy. I was 
so mad after the race on Saturday for not winning that race. Like I showed up Sunday and we didn't have a good practice in cup. And I'm like, okay, like we're going to struggle. Like I, I struggle. I figured we were going to run six to 10 and then like everything happened, happened. Like it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So it's weird. You're talking about this almost like you feel like you're going into Saturday, even though everybody knows how good you guys have been here, you're almost feeling a little vulnerable. Like it's like, well, if I do awesome, it's like, well, yeah, we should do awesome. Like this is a big track for us. And we're just kind of trying to protect against anything bad happening. A <laughs> like little bit. Weird, yeah. Nothing it, weird it, happening. It's, it's more, it's more me mentally like, okay, because don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> we go have a smooth race and we finish second or third and we, that'll mean we'll have made it to the next round. I'm still yeah. probably going to be pissed off because I didn't win. Right. So like, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm trying to mentally get myself ready. And then, but, but on top of it, like rain or not, you know, rain or shine, like we still have to be smart and, and anything can happen there. And uh, so I'm just trying to mentally prepare on both sides of it of like, okay, you got to look at, at both sides, but yeah, like it, it, I still want to win this race because I really think we can no matter what I, I think what we've done on our road course package this year is far better than what we've done been the last two years there. So I think as a race car, we can be so much better than we've been, but you got to look at the big picture. You know, it, it doesn't do any good to like, it's no matter what happens in the playoffs, this year has been fantastic, but it'd be, it'd be pretty crappy to fall out first round after this year. So I don't, you know, I'm trying to be smart about it. Yeah, for sure. Being smart's the way to well, go. Well, one of the points that you've got in the cushion right there, AJ, you're you're welcome for that. Congratulations uh, <laughs> for that one yeah. point. You got, that, that's you took, right. <laughs> that one playoff point that you got from me. And uh, thanks for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. And good luck practicing driving home in that rain just in case we need it on Saturday. Yeah, tip for it. <laughs> All right, yeah, man. You, we hope for the best. But, yeah, thanks, AJ, for joining <laughs> us. We'll be back in the Back here in the driver's meeting podcast. Thank you so much for AJ Almendinger for joining us. Got to talk about a lot of things, especially last year's Charlotte Robo race. Hopefully, not a ton of rain this year, but we do have to talk about the big winner weekend we had this week. I mean, crazy winners. Tate Fogelman in the truck series somehow won that race. Brandon Brown wins the Xfinity series. Bubba Wallace wins in the Cup series. We'll start with good old Brandon Brown. Uh, you introduced me to him for the first time. I'd never met him in person before. You introduced me to him before the race in the garage area. You're like, hey, come over here. And also, obviously, very nice guy. Got to meet Brandon Brown for the race, and he gets to be in victory lane after the race. So the race gets cut short due to darkness. He had raced his way up there, and Brandon Brown's always been a factor in those races, Daytona, Talladega, and some other tracks as well. And overall, this is just such a huge moment. I know for Brandon Brown, Brandon built Motorsports, but teams like you in the garage. I mean, everybody was so happy. I was walking with Austin Sindrick when he went and congratulated Brandon Brown and victory lane. I mean, that was cool. Defending champion. So Brandon Brown, we're into the Xfinity series. I mean, what was your initial reaction to that? Tommy Joe being in the car or when you, I mean, when I, you first, first heard yeah, I was shocked, but I was a bit, <laughs> we got parked after the race. I was obviously frustrated with the way the race ended. Um, I felt like we were going to get another restart. I, I had dodged a wreck 
that final wreck and was like, okay, we're running whatever, 17th, 18th. All right, we're going to get one more shot at it here, and I've got to go. This is going to be the time that I've got to be aggressive. I've been playing it safe the entire race. Um, it's time to go. And then the race ends. And so I was a little irritated. And then as we're parking on pit road, I, I was like, just who? And they were like the 68. I was like, you got to be The shock to me uh, when I first heard it, and then it was just immediately joy. And, and I saw Brandon uh, when he was driving the car back uh, from doing the burnout down pit road. Um, several people were congratulating him. I obviously I waved him down and stopped the car and and uh, gave him a high five there in the in the cockpit. And obviously he was just fired up, and so was I. I mean I was. I felt like I was just as excited as he was. I mean, this is a guy that I literally hung out with in Vegas <laughs> the week before and, and is a guy that I've raced against now for so long and um, is such a good driver, uh, is always getting the most that he can out of his stuff. And, and now I feel like that's just – everybody just knows that. And it's like, well, he's been doing this for years. Dating to get that win, and it's proof of something that they've done over at Brandon Belt Motorsports for the last several years, which is build this program up. Doug Randolph being over there, there's a level of competition for them making the playoffs last year. They stepped up even more this year with their program. Um, and when they go to these racetracks, when they go to Daytona and Talladega, they have a commitment to running up front and trying to lead the race. They actually led the race at Daytona for several laps. That was not a fluke thing that they did there in that summer race. And I think that almost kind of set the table of confidence for Brandon Brown and also, more importantly, the people up there in those 12 to 14 cars like AJ talks about that are those top-level, cup-level cars. Brandon Brown and Brandon Built Motorsports, they lease a motor for those races. They really spent a lot of time on that Speedway program and trying to get up there and lead, lead laps and, and have a car that could qualify in the top 10 if we still did that. They really focus on that. And then not only that, they go up there and compete with them the entire time. That builds up a level of comfort that those guys have pushing you, help letting you back into the draft because they know you got a pretty fast car, competitive car. Yeah. And so that allowed Brandon to make some of those moves up there in the pack. And it says a lot about a small team that looks at those speedways and you, you would say, well, every team looks at those speedways and go, well, I can win. Well, yeah, Martin's Motorsports does that, but we have a very different approach. We just want to give ourselves a chance at the end. We want to really try to protect our car from a wreck. And if we get an opportunity, then we do. That's not how Brandon and them look at it. They go up there and say, we're going to be up in the mix the whole time. We're going for stage points. We're trying to win the race from when the flag drops. And I absolutely admire them for it because I know at times – it's been pretty costly. And at times it's paid off like this with great runs. And now it, it pays off with a win. I'm just so happy for them. Um, this is like a dream come true for Brandon and his dad. Obviously it made me emotional. I was standing there with my dad and we've known them for so long. And then me and my dad are watching them in victory lane. And it's like, you know, we want that so bad at the same time, but, but that doesn't take away from how happy we are for them so it was a really special moment uh, for all the small teams in the garage, for Brandon specifically and his father. Um, it's just, it's so cool. I don't think anybody in the garage 
looked at that and was like, oh, that sucks. Like big team or small team, everybody was excited. Everybody was was sitting there going, you know what, this is a really – it was a deserved win. Uh, it was Nobody thought that was just some fluke, crazy, dumb thing. It was like, you know what, no, they deserve it. They've been running really good, and they've been up there in the mix, and, and they pulled it off. Yeah, and we look at two races that were called due to weather or darkness this weekend, Xfinity, Cup Racing. But these weren't things that were like, oh, you know, you look at it at first, you may maybe on paper and like, oh, they just called this randomly random winner. But these were two races where everyone in the field knew that, you know what, this is probably going to end soon. You know, Xfinity race, it was getting really dark. Everyone was like, no, nah, this is probably going to end soon. Cup race, rain was on the way. We had passed halfway. Everyone was racing like it was the end. The cup, cup race was wild. They were all racing Perfect. like they were going to the end. And, and Bubba Wallace gets his way to the front and throws a huge block, which is really the race-winning block. He threw on Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano up on the outside. Big block. I mean, it was kind of scary. I thought I thought the field was wrecked right there. And uh, he, he, he got it. Safe block on Keselowski and... All of a sudden they go down to the backstretch next time and there goes the field and in comes the rain. So everyone knew they were racing to the end and we got the first time winner, you know, Brandon Brown with the darkness uh, coming in. And then we got the first time winner, Bubba Wallace in the cup series uh, getting the win. Yeah. And that Bubba win, it was a little annoying to see obviously some of the comments in response to this. Right. And I get it's a rain race. And everybody wants to put an asterisk next to a rain race or a shortened race in the darkness in the case of Brandon Brown. Like you said, there, there is absolutely nothing taken away from this. Now, now I will say as a fan, even as a competitor, there's a version of this where, where when a wreck happens, we go back to a timing loop. I, I don't love any race where n- nobody's really sure who won the race. Yeah. Right. I, I have always been a proponent of get back to the line in a race winning situation, unless the wreck is like, uh, you know, obviously obstructive to us getting back. Just the idea of us racing back to what we think is the finish of the race. Of course, we can't do that in that moment, the darkness, the wreck, there was a lot of stuff going on. I get where people would criticize it, but like you said, RJ, everybody knew it was a threat. NASCAR really was about as clear as mud with us. Uh, when it came to what the decision was going to be there, nobody really had mentioned they were going to shorten the race that we had asked them about it. They were like, no, we're going to go the full distance. And then all of a sudden under caution, they're like, well, they're thinking about shortening the race. Uh, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. If you think we can go. And then the race was over. So that was a little confusing. Now the result here is we got an awesome winner and a well-deserved winner and he was up there in the mix going for it just like everybody else was. And there were some teams without NASCAR telling them that were like, look, they got it in this thing quick, man. We, we got to get up there and go. And that's how everybody was racing. And I can attest to that. I got stuck probably about 12th or 14th on the bottom line and went, "There's no, I can't get up there. So now I'm in a spot where I know we're racing super hard, but I also know we're about to wreck 100%. And I'm in the, in the spot where you're like, if there's a wreck, I'm in it. And sure enough, Josh Williams kept his nose in there and he finished 14th and he got the front end, both sides knocked off of his car (laughs) finishing 14th because he was right in the middle of that big wreck. So I felt like I did the right thing in the moment, dropping back. The wreck happens. We get through it. I'm like, all right, let's restack the deck. Let's go. Then we never get going. Well, that's disappointing for me. Was it the right call? Yeah, probably given the conditions and everything. And credit to Brandon and those guys that were up there going for it as hard as they could because they figured the other thing, right? They said, 
you know, man, they're going to end this thing. The next, next flag is going to end it. We're just going. And they were right. It played out well for them. So I don't take anything away from that win. As somebody that was in the car, I know how everybody was racing. And for Brandon to win it, that was well-deserved. And it's the exact same thing for Bubba Wallace. Everybody in the field knew spotters in their ear, rain's coming, five minutes tops. Any caution is going to end this. You got to go. This is the end of the race. This is forget the end of the stage. The rain's coming. And everybody in the field was racing like the rain was coming. And Bubba used the third lane to get all the way to the front of the field, made a great move getting away from the third lane, getting the lead, blocking for the lead. And then they wrecked behind him. And then it started raining. That's very different than a quote-unquote typical rain race. Like when Joey Logano won his first race, what Joey Logano did is he spun out by himself at Loudoun, got off strategy really weird uh, because he was just on a completely different strategy than the rest of the pack. Some people pitted. He didn't have to pit, and then it rained. It's like, well, that's very different. (laughs) That's very different than they opened the pits uh, for Justin Haley and everybody at Daytona, and it's the end of the stage, and some people pit and some don't, and then it rains, and it's like, oh, well, should have stayed out. Well, that's like a 50-50 coin flip that nobody really knew what the answer was going to be. Yeah, That's weird. This was a situation on the racetrack, everybody racing around, and everybody had a ticking clock. And Bubba Wallace went up there and won that race. And anybody that says anything different is just being either A, ignorant, because they either they must have not watched it and seen like the level of intensity that was going on, right? Like they or they just didn't watch it. That's basically it. They're either ignorant or they didn't watch it, or there's something else just negative to Bubba Wallace. And you guys can read between the lines. And there was a lot of that going on, which is really disappointing because we're talking about a moment that is really important for our sport. It is a really cool moment for the sport. It is something that transcends the sport. And he's a good driver. Like, we can all just celebrate it. Guess what? We were treated to something this weekend. Three people in victory lane, including Tate Fogelman, and I'm not forgetting about you, Tate. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Three people that had never been there before. And you're never going to see that level of emotion from a first-time winner. That's it. That's when it is the most emotional, the coolest moment is a first-time winner in NASCAR. Tate Fogelman got to experience that first on Saturday and there were people making fun of that. And I thought that was crazy. So I saw a few people online, some people that were drivers that were like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're going to let Tate Fogelman win this race. That was so dirty. Uh, What was dirty about it? So he was pushing John Hunter Nemechek as hard as he could. Now, obviously he's trying to loosen him up a little bit. He's trying to get around him. John Hunter's doing exactly what he should have done, blocking the bottom. Tate gets to his bumper, gets him a little loose, moves him up the track, turns under him. Now he's got the lead. Now it's a drag race to the finish line, right? Now, obviously, some stuff happens behind him. Timmy Hill or Tyler Hill winds up getting a little bit of a run on him. They get to the line. Just tell me what Tate Fogelman did that was really dirty coming down the front stretch at Talladega. I saw absolutely nothing wrong there. Like, of course, if there's somebody in front of me, if I'm running second coming through the tri-oval at Talladega, you can bet I'm going to run into the car that's in front of me 100% of the time. 
I'm going to hit them. I'm going to jump out, try to side draft, whatever I got to do to try to get the lead of this race. And Tate Fogelman did that. He got to his bumper, loosened him up. He kind of went up the track a little bit and he got under him. The end. And then he won the race. Like at that point, you're the leader. And yeah, you can throw a block. You can turn across somebody's note, whatever you got to do. You're trying to win the race coming to the checkered flag. Obviously, I don't want to see car- trucks get torn up. So them just smashing those trucks up after they cross the finish line for, for young motorsports and, uh, and for Timmy Hill's team. Uh, unfortunately, man, Timmy Hill's had an expensive year. It feels like they've torn up a lot of stuff over there. They've run good. They've had these really cool moments, but gosh, it feels like they've gotten wrecked a lot. So I don't want to see that. But how cool of an ending. You got two trucks, nose to nose, going across the finish line, Talladega. Two people that would have been a first-time winner. Tate Fogelman comes out on top. How crazy is it that Brandon Brown's team and Tyler Young Motorsports, who work out of the same building in the drag park in Mooresville, about a half a mile from my shop, both of them won Talladega on the same weekend. That is nuts. And I just think that is such a cool weekend for the sport. If you didn't like watching that, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Talladega always, always, always delivers. It is such a special place. It's why I feel like all three, all three of the top four of uh, the top three series, I feel like we should go there four times a year in all three of those top four series because of moments like this, you are creating unique moments. Now, some of the big teams will tell you they'd hate that. They don't want to go there four times a year. But for the fans, for the atmosphere, for the teams like mine, which, which make up two-thirds of the field, everybody goes to Talladega knowing they got a shot. They go to Daytona knowing they got a shot. And this weekend, we went three for three with people that you wouldn't have picked. And I just think that is so cool. Yeah, it was incredible weekend. Incredible to be there. I know that that truck finish was wild because I was like in the middle of pit road. I was trying to get down to the, the finish line before the end of it. And I saw everybody wreck. I mean, that was like the most truck series finish ever. I mean, the entire <laughs> field was gone after that whole race. Uh, we had like two big ones and then the big one in the final lap and then another one. And there was everybody was gone. That's why you only see like two trucks crossing the line <laughs> in the finished picture because everyone else was wrecked. They were all gone. Yeah. So typical truck race. Yeah. And, Maybe and that's why they don't do it four times. They only do it twice. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why they only do it twice. And I'm sitting there in the front stretch. I see the 12 go to the inside of the four and I'm like, oh, does Nemechek have this? Maybe a photo finished off saying see smoke. Like I'm loving like, oh, did he turn him? Did he wreck him or something like that? And But it ended up being a situation where like John Hunter got loose. And then like when he got loose, he immediately cut, came down the track. Tate got loose and kind of came up just a little and they just collided. Like it wasn't anything like yeah, it wasn't anything. That was nothing dirty at all. Yeah. Tate Fogelman didn't do anything wrong at all. Tate Fogelman won that race and it was awesome. The, the end. Exactly. The end. It's not like if he's going to sit behind him while he's spinning, like, of course, he's going to try to avoid John Hunter. Yeah, what, are you, what are you talking about? Tyler Hill. Anybody that, says that was a dirt, anybody that says that was a dirty, intentional move. Give me a break, man. This, this is two guys just trying to race for the win. I'll tell you who didn't think it was a dirty, intentional move. John Hunter Nemechek, when he got out of the truck, exactly. he got out of there and said, man, you know, I messed up even letting him, letting him put that move on me. Like I, I should have been more prepared for that basically. So, what are we talking about? We're racing for the win at Talladega. It's yeah. all fair game at that point. Yeah, exactly. My my only weird thing of the weekend was like, why are, why are we running two races on the same day at Talladega? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know okay, so this is the second okay. year in a row, I think third race Here. in a row. 
uh, for Xfinity or trucks, either one, whichever run one's the second race of the day, uh, fight in darkness at Talladega, which is something we never had to really bring in the occasion. Uh, the only thing I could remember before that was when David Reagan won at Talladega. That was the only time we were like, man, it's getting dark out here, but that was you know, rain delay, things like that. Um, but I've just never gotten that running, you know, especially the truck series, because, you know, I was telling people before the race, like, this is either going to be, we are going to finish 36 trucks in this race, or we're going to, we're going to finish two. There's no in between. We're going to wreck all of them, or we're going to wreck a few of them. And it's going to be a very boring race. So we wrecked all of them. Wrecking all of them. Right. Yeah. And And if you have a few wrecks in the Xfinity series, like we saw, we had, we had two red flags in our race in the Xfinity series. So look, I'm not going to just jump on everybody here without knowing all the facts well here's what i know i know that tv is the one that is setting the start times for the races right that is not necessarily nascar that's not necessarily the tracks so right off the bat anybody that wants to get mad and go what is nascar doing what is they doing i think tv played a big factor in this you got to remember on saturday they're fighting college football so you got two different networks there nbc and fox that are both kind of on their own schedule when it comes to college football and how they want to plan around that. There was probably a pretty good case to be made that the truck race should have started at 11 central time. If we were going to try to do both races one day, it was, we all know what time it gets dark. right? So that was not going to change. (laughs) So that's where you can just go, well, yeah, but this is stupid. You're going to wind up having a pretty valid point because everybody knows what time the sun goes down. It was like six 30. It's dark. It was dark there the day before. It was dark at 6.30 that day. So starting your race at 3.45 or whenever we fired the engines, uh, yeah, that's probably going to be a problem. Like, you're going to be fighting darkness. This is not good. And props to uh, our boy here for at least having the common sense to be like, uh, it's going to be dark at the end of this race. I'm going to wear a clear visor. Some people in my series were apparently pretty stupid. Because they wore a dark visor because they were like, well, the sun's going down. Yeah, you know what it does after it goes down? It sets, and then it's dark, and it's going to be dark at the end of this race. So I was at least smart enough to get away with that. But yes, should an adjustment have been made? 100%. I just don't know all the details there, RJ. It's not as simple as just, oh, we should have moved the race up. Yeah, but there was probably some other scheduling going on TV programming-wise, which is why they didn't. Now, what I would say is I don't like that philosophy. The philosophy for us and how we schedule our races should always be based around the crowd paying the ticket money to go see the race. That's when the race should start. So if it's Las Vegas in the summertime or in the fall when it's still pretty hot, we ought to run the race at night, right? If it's Talladega on a fall day like this where we know – that the sunset is going to be a little earlier. We need to run the races earlier because we're trying to give the fans that are buying the tickets and the motorhome passes and all this a chance to see the whole show. And that's what got robbed there. TV didn't get robbed. They had a very dramatic finish and a fun race. And it ended right when they wanted it to, and it started right when they wanted it to. The people that got robbed there were the people sitting in the stands. That, I mean, they didn't get to see a full race, right? Did they still see a fun race? Yeah, but just like I opened here, RJ, it's a bummer for the people at the racetrack when you don't know who the winner is until they come over the loudspeaker and they're like, ah, it's Brandon Brown. And you go, what? And they're like, well, how, 
he won and like well what happened and they're like oh let's put it on the on the video board where the timing loop was and you're like oh well that sucks like for the people that are there now they can be happy brandon brown won and they were like i actually heard a pretty good bit of applause victory lane was packed with yeah. fans it was really a cool moment but yeah for the guy that's sitting in the stands with his kids they're like who won he's like i don't know <laughs> Like that's probably not a good thing. And, and that's what I think we should be trying desperately to avoid. One of the easiest ways to avoid that is just run the whole race. And so not taking anything away at all. It's a legit win. Put it on the books. It's a win. He earned it. He got up there, mix it up. Everybody knew what was at stake. He won it. As a bigger picture thing. Yes. We can have that conversation and say, yeah, we should adjust start times and moving forward this start time conversation that it feels like about every, you know, three months, we wind up having a start time conversation about starting the races at one o'clock or starting them earlier in the day. Yeah. That's something that should be brought up in the next television deal. But with how much money is at stake here, RJ, when they're right now, you got to remember everybody that's not plugged in here. NASCAR is probably in the midst of television negotiations with these networks. This is a huge deal. This is an $800 million a year deal for NASCAR, the teams, the tracks, and how that money gets split up, which I have a problem with, but that's beside the point. It's a big chunk of money that basically funds everybody. It funds the teams, it funds the tracks, it funds NASCAR. So if you're in the midst of the negotiation, it is going to be a new deal starting in 2025, I believe. The last year is 2024. So if you're in the midst right now of early negotiations and TV goes, hey, we're going to start these races on Saturday at 12 o'clock and 345. I mean, you're, you're NASCAR. You're trying to get the best deal you can get. You don't really want to piss them off either, right? And like, I don't know what's going on. This is complete conjecture from my standpoint, but I'm trying to look at it a little bit on the business side that it's like NBC and Fox feel like they paid a lot of money for NASCAR rights. At times, the ratings have been down compared to projections. Now, I think that's getting better, especially compared to other sports and where they've wound up. Yeah. But they still feel like they're like, hey, look, man, we paid for some pretty lean years. And you're, when I tell you when the start time is going to be, this is when the start time is going to be. We're still paying you $400 million a year or whatever. This is when we're going to start the race, right? And I think NASCAR gives into that. And that's it. So from a TV standpoint, they got exactly what they wanted. It started when they wanted. Yeah, it got dark, but who gives a crap? We still got an ending and we're on to the next thing. So it's really more about the track product for the people that are there. And I just feel like that has to be given more consideration in the next deal. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and Sunday sucked. Cause I mean, there was really nothing we could do about that. You know, the no, absolutely not the cup race. And I thought it was funny because, you know, it sucked how they rolled them all off. Everyone got really excited. Crowd went nuts when they rolled off a pit road and they call it right before, you know, right before the start, it sucks. But I thought what was really funny is they were, they were about to roll off. They're about to start this race and it starts raining while they're pacing. And I, I turn around and I look at the vision screen behind me and they're showing a replay of the New Hampshire start. <laughs> and I just right. start laughing because they're like, don't do it. Don't do it. You yeah. remember what happened last time? And they're yeah. like tempting them. And all know. We all know NASCAR <laughs> and, race director person. Yes. We yep. all know what happens. We all get how this ends. Yeah. So yeah, so. look, from a race directing standpoint, any this is goes to everybody that wants to poke fun at the bubble web. 
All right. What do you want him to do? What did you want him to do here? So let me get this straight. We've already crossed halfway. Everybody knew rain was in the forecast. Everybody knew rain was a factor. It's already a Monday. <laughs> We're already here on a Monday. We got rained out the day before. So now it's a Monday race. So now it's like 345 in the afternoon and it's raining because that's about when it rained. And now it turns into a deal where, okay, it poured down rain here for about, 40, about 30, 45 minutes. All right, it's lightening up. We're going to send out the Air Titans. And they tried. They tried. We're going to send out the Air Titans. We're going to attempt to do this. But the window that we've got to dry this racetrack yeah, versus how much daylight we're going to have, that was the factor. It was the same thing in my race, which was like, well, what we know is at 630, it's dark. So if it's going to take us two hours to dry the track, perfect scenario, that's no more precipitation. And it's four o'clock right now, then that gives us basically 30 minutes. And if you notice, they basically tried to dry the track for about 30 minutes and then they called it because they were like, look, even if everything went perfect right now, we're going to have 20 laps. And it started raining again. And it's like, well, what are we doing? At this time, we're just wasting time. We need to call it, let everybody load up, and let everybody go home. So, look, there was absolutely nothing that they would have done differently. And don't think that it didn't cross somebody's mind up there in NASCAR that's like, oh, here we go. There's going to be some sort of goofy conspiracy that we want to bubble to win or whatever. Send out the air times. We're going to try to drive this racetrack, period. Somebody probably mentioned that in the room. I don't know that I would have had the nuts to mention that, <laughs> that like the internet commenters are out already, but at the same time, there's nothing that could be said because nothing different could have been done. Yeah. And it poured. They right did after. everything. They did everything by the book and then it started raining again. It's like, I don't know what you wanted them to do. Let's just, let's all take a minute and just be happy for a first time winner in Bubba Wallace and a guy that yeah. is going to do a whole lot for our sport moving forward exactly. and is doing a lot right now. Yeah. And I thought Coda was like 10 times worse. I mean, people brought up, you know, when, when Chase Elliott won Coda for the rain, that was like Talladega. It was like your typical rain situation. Tried to, they tried to, they even sent him out, tried to dry the track in a very short window, poured again, you know, Bubba Wallace wins. It pours after they gave him the win. So there was no chance we we're getting that race restarted. Coda was just a mess. All of a sudden Chase Elliott had the lead. And then like five minutes after they pulled on pit road, they were like, oh, race is over. Like they were just done. Like yeah. there was probably a window that could have, you know, done something, but yeah. they were just like done. So I was like, well, you know, I was more like, off by that. And, and like we talked about with AJ, right? AJ's leading the race, the Roval last year. And he's like, well, surely they got to call this at some point. Oh. He's like, and they're like, Nope, let them run. And meanwhile, the thing at Coda, we already wadded up half the field twice. And they're like, well, clearly that's fine. Let's keep going. And now all of a sudden it's like, Oh no, it's now it's yeah. no good. It's like, well, wait, what? Well, you no, just let us wreck like twice. <laughs> So that's, that's the level of inconsistency that absolutely can be shouted out, yelled at, pointed out. That's fine. This was everything by the book. Perfect. Everybody knew it was at stake. Everybody was racing equally for the lead. Everybody was going for it. Bubba got out front. They wrecked. It rained. That's it. Call it. Bubba Wallace wins the race. Yeah. And it's a great win for everybody. So let's all just take a minute, enjoy it. Let's take a look at the playoff standings going into what's going to be a wild card weekend again here at the Roval and potentially 
a wet weekend at the Roval. Yep. Looking at the forecast, we don't know for sure. I got a feeling it's probably going to be a little bit of both. And it's just going to throw even more factors at all these guys that are in the playoffs. I mean, it's crazy to me. We're sitting here, RJ, we had that conversation with AJ. Did it sound like he sounded comfortable? That's a guy that's won the race the last two years. And he's like, I got to play it safe, you know, points race. And it's like, what? I figured you would say the hell with this. I win this race. I'm in it. You know, we're winning both stages and we're winning the race. He's like, I just got to play it safe. We'll see where we're at points wise when we can kind of go for it. So that's crazy. And this is a guy that's a championship favorite contender. I know he didn't want to label himself as that, but he's got to know and colleagues got to know the people that everybody are picking in the championship are Austin Cedric and AJ. Yeah. And now AJ sits in a spot where he's like, oh, I don't know, man, weird roval race. I might not make it out of the first round. I don't think that's going to be the case. But the fact that they're even thinking about it is crazy to me. <laughs> so that's just funny to me. And it shows how everybody looks at this Robo. Everybody, even a guy that is the favorite in the race with a 33-point lead is going, eh, better be uh, this little, this is going to be a little tricky. It's like, yeah, it's going to be tricky for everybody. This is a wild card race. Props again to a very, very creative Marcus Smith for this beautiful idea of the Roval that came about a few years ago and has produced year after year awesome moments in NASCAR and is a track that I look forward to going to every year. And it hasn't been very nice to me, but it is a really cool facility. It's a, it's a beautifully done road course, and it's a track that if you're a NASCAR fan, get over to Charlotte. It's the home of NASCAR either Coke 600 weekend or Roval weekend, you're going to have an absolute killer time. It's, it's a must see race, I think. Yeah. And a playoff cutoff race just adds so much, so much drama to the race. It was the same thing last year. And you got about three guys from each series that are going to be like in must win or must top three situations. At least you got Mike Snyder, Riley Herbst, Jeremy Clemens from Xfinity and Christopher Bell, William Byron and Alex Bowman, who really, got themselves in a hole after Talladega. They're all going to be kind of must wins. I'm a little nervous about Kevin Harvick. He's minus nine from the cut. I don't know. You know, he hasn't had much road course success at all this year in the cup series. Um, but the Roval is a different animal. Um, I know we look at, you know, road course, road course ringers. This is just, this is just the Roval. Like it unpredictable. Uh, you're going to have your road course guys up there, but you're also really, we've just, we've seen every, anybody be up there. We've seen people run, top five there one year you could run 30th the next year i don't know it's just such an unpredictable track and then you add the rain um which we hope we hope it's not as bad as last year's xfinity series race i hope it's just in the middle maybe just just enough to add a little strategy but not too much to where you you heard about aj mentioned that he goes look with coda with new hampshire and with the roval last year if we get to a level of conditions that we deem like that we don't think we're going to go down this path again right we would all be shocked everybody would be shocked if this is something where we went down this road again i think everybody has seen how it puddles up and and how it can potentially flood in there in the infield um there at charlotte so i wouldn't i would not expect uh, another version of this which is why it's so funny and i mean it's funny now uh wasn't funny in the moment but how it's funny and, and interesting to look back at that race and how I think it's going to stand the test of time is this really wacky thing that everybody had to be a part of. Um, 
And it's kind of interesting that I get to be one of those 40 people that took, took part of that race. I'm just going to be a part of that forever, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this really goofy night uh, that even the guy that won the race was like, this is unsafe what I'm doing now. Uh, and so that's, that's just so wild. And it was so good having AJ on to talk about that. And I think all of us are looking forward to the Roval this weekend, both competitors, fans of the sport. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we knew that the first round was my favorite just because of all the pure racing we really got to see. And this round was just going to be wild card craziness. And we're embracing it. Three first time winners at Talladega. And who knows, we could have more first time winners at the Charlotte Roval. You never know. So two, two really cool weekends. I will end it off on lastly saying that one of the like the coolest moments of Talladega weekend was walking to I got to walk the driver intros. Uh, which for the cup series, which is funny because you guys were like right in the center of the travel, right? That's where driver interest was like on the grid. Didn't have to go very far. Trucks was right in victory lane. So it was on their way to the grid, the cup series, they had to walk all the way down pit road. Well, the cool guys got golf cart rides. Okay. Right. Everybody else had to walk. So we're, right. we're walking from the garage area. It was me, BJ McLeod, Justin Allgaier, Corey, Corey LaJoy and Quinn Hoff. And obviously they had to walk, you know, all the, all the cool guys got golf cart rides, but it was, it was really cool walking in the rain to driver intros next to BJ McLeod. I'm just saying that's like, like badass status. <laughs> top like level. There. Yeah. Top, top, level. top level walking next to BJ <laughs> McLeod driver intros in the downpour of rain. It was kind of funny. Cause he was like, he didn't, nobody knew where to go. Really. They didn't think we we're doing driver intros still. And it was raining. We did the driver intros, did everything pre-race and then put us on a hold basically. And then, you know, cars got out. Then it rains again. Didn't get to do anything on, on Sunday. So it sucked, but it was, uh, it was a really yeah different, different experience walking uh, out there. The Xfinity race, was a lot of fun. I got to, I got to meet Caesar for the first time in person. That was funny. Cause it was pre-race and after he had crashed. So it was like, you know, before the race, he was all hyped up. He was, he was, he was going crazy. He was like, yeah, this race, we're going to do good, man. Ride around, you know, uh, and then, you know, we're talking about next year. He's like, I'm really excited for next year, bro. It's going to go crazy. And then I see him in the garage after he wrecks and he's just, I mean, he was mad because <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. really, they shouldn't he's have been mad. you know, in that wreck. Cause I mean, that wreck shouldn't have started to begin with up front. I don't know what they were doing, uh, for the, I shouldn't have, and, and Caesar is mad at himself for even being close enough to it, to be yeah. in it. And admittedly, so was I, like, I just was lucky enough to get through it, which was dumb. I don't know I was how you got through close. that. You were like, I yeah. was expecting someone to plow in the back of you because you're sitting there watching the, the aerial cam 44, just sitting there and everyone's, I was like, when you're just yeah. Yeah, it was wrecking right in front of me and right behind me. But uh, yeah. luckily we look, we, we always bring a good brake package <laughs> to these super speedway races. That's something nobody ever talks about is using your brakes at a super speedway. Like it is important to get stopped at yeah, times. We saw that a few times. Races. No, um, and I've always had a lot of confidence here with my, with my guys on that and, we're able to use the brakes, get it slowed down, not slow it down too much from the wreck going on behind me. Uh, so that was yeah. good. But yeah, I think Caesar, when we've laughed about it afterwards and he's like, you know, I, what was I even doing up there? I should have been further back. And it's, yeah. it's like, well, yeah, me too. I was just lucky to get through it. And we'll move funny, on to the next one. So, the funniest part of that wreck was I had just gotten to your box when that had happened. I didn't even know it was your box. I turned around. And I was like, Oh, I'm at the 44 box. And we saw it on the end and everyone's like waiting, like, Oh shoot, where are we? Where are we? And then everyone started cheering when, when you missed it, we're like, all right, we're good. And then you saw the tour up nine. You were like, Oh, not Caesar. Yeah. And then, but you guy. talked about, you talked about being so far in the back. The funniest part about that wreck was, I don't know if you'd noticed the 74, 
uh, McLaughlin. He was, I think, the last car in that entire pack, like running dead last. <laughs> you talk about using the brakes. He didn't use the brakes. They He went all the way up through there and plowed Gregson. That was like the last big hit. I mean, no, Gregson took like three giant hits. I mean, it was yeah, it really amazing did. to see him get out of that car because that car was yeah, especially that first. Yeah, that first impact into the wall, RJ, that was scary stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting turned straight into the wall like that, that's uh, that's always okay. really bad. Probably surprised so that, the shot. All that too. a couple times, right? And not to pile on to anybody. Obviously, CJ is, has struggled at times in his time in Xfinity cars. Unfortunately for him and Jennifer Joe Cobb, with the, the things that happened there in those races and, and them kind of coming into those wrecks late, I've been in the car where you don't use the brakes for a while on a super speedway and now you go to the brakes and it's really stiff and it's not doing anything or it's not or the the pads have kind of walked back and you press the pedal and it's not giving you anything and you're trying to pump it up and it's not there you got to also remember they're driving for really small teams yeah that maybe didn't put a lot of emphasis on the brakes because they're like oh we're going to super speedway you don't really need them that much i promise you need them a lot at a super speedway you were using the brakes quite a bit and so i naturally as a driver here i want to try to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because i've driven on teams like that i I drove on a truck team where my brake rotor came apart six laps into a race and drove me straight into the fence right where it's like started using the brakes in the pack overheated it boom blew it up well that we were using an old rotor because we were like oh we don't need new rotors we're going to the super speedway so i've been in these situations there's probably something between the lines there but unfortunately for CJ and for Jen, they haven't had a lot of success up there in NASCAR. They kind of have a history of doing some things like this, being either on a bad team or putting themselves in bad situations. And so when something like this happens, people are going to pile on. They're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, right? Like if something happened, like if I did that, if I went flying into a wreck, people immediately would be like, well, something broke on his car. Like there's no way Tommy Joe would do that, right? But unfortunately, some of these people that are running in the back of the field, they're not going to get that level of respect. They're not going to get that that kind of like benefit of the doubt here. Um, so it's unfortunate to see. And it's like, first of all, what's unfortunate is that good cars get get hit again and torn up, and you don't want that, right? But all I'm saying is there might have been something else going on there. But right now, yeah, it's pretty easy to look at that and say how silly it was. Yeah. Yeah. There's a fine line between like, you know, if there's an issue with the brakes or like you said, didn't put too much emphasis on the brakes and trying to get slowed down or just straight up gassing it through a wreck, which we've seen people do before. Yeah. Uh, so it's fortunate. And they're putting themselves at harm too. It's not like they're just going out like, oh, I'm just T-bone this guy, you know, nothing's going to like, yeah, they're, they're going to wreck a car too, or, you know, they, they that's the last thing you want to do, uh, especially as a small team. So we're going to saw a lot of wrecking at Talladega for sure. Um, and we'll see if we have a lot of that at the Charlotte Roval. Who we got in the car this week, Tom? Uh, we got a and adjusters back on the car this week. So right. out of Knoxville, I think Ken Gilreath, our, our main sponsor, um, is probably going to be heading over there and, and visiting us at the Roval. It's been a little time with the team, so it's good. always good to see him. We had a disappointing day over there at Bristol, so I'm hoping he gets to come over there and watch us have a good day at the Roval. Yeah, hopefully a good day of the Roval. So, yeah, we got two races this weekend, the Xfinity Saturday at 3 o'clock. So, hopefully enough daylight to finish that one. Uh, I don't know if they're keeping the temporary lights or maybe putting them in there. If something goes down in that race, you never know. Uh, <laughs> we better have some lights. Uh, hopefully. Uh, and turn that uh, the big screen on the backstretch down a little bit. 
and then the cup race at two o'clock. So a little more window to finish that one. And that'll be on the big, Oh, both races are on the big NBC. How about that? Xfinity series getting some uh, primetime action. Oh, the Xfinity series, actually the next three races are on the big NBC. Oh, love it. Cool. Charlotte, Texas, and Kansas all on primetime NBC Saturday. Hey, NAS- at NASCAR's, NASCAR's premier series, RJ. Yes. NASCAR premier series. They're waking up. They're finally realizing they're all sat. Yeah. All Saturday at three o'clock, same start time. Same day, same network. Good stuff. Three straight weeks, probably three straight weeks of great racing. So excited for that. Going to be fun. Roval, unpredictable. And I'm sure we'll be back next week with a lot to talk about. So thanks, AJ Elmding, for joining us this week. And thanks to Ben Online for sponsoring. We will see you all next episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.